Welcome to Salcedo Paranormal. It is Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. And today I am sharing true paranormal stories from the web. As always, you can find all the episodes of the show along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page. And that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O, paranormal, dot podbean, dot com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. And uh, so I have a few stories set up for tonight. We'll see how many I get through. I'm trying to make this a half-hour-long show just because I would like to have it even from now on as much as possible, uh, except for the bonus shows where we'll go as long as we want to. But, uh, yeah, so that's the plan for now. Um, so I'm just adjusting things to get to that point just because it would be nice to have a regular um, show length to, to go by. Um, so let's see here. Thank you all for being here. Uh, whether you listen to the live stream, hello, I see you all there, or you listen to the podcast or YouTube feeds, or both, as I know some people do. Um, I really appreciate everyone looking, or listening, looking. I don't know why, I guess I was looking at the screen when I said that. Um, appreciate everyone listening, no matter where you listen, and thank you all for um, bringing all those numbers up so far already. Again, we've already reached uh, 4,000 podcast downloads and 10,000 views on YouTube. Um, so we reached that just, uh, the beginning of the year. So that is really amazing. All right. So I think I, with that, I can get to the stories here. And, uh, the first few are pretty short and the last couple are longer. So we'll see how many we get through today. Uh, let's see here. Actually, they're all pretty, I forgot. There's a couple few in here that are good length. Anyway, we'll just go and get through what we can. This first one says, I was moving from my living room to the kitchen, and right at the doorway, I heard the sound of a loud, muffled party. It felt like if I went to the bathroom at a wedding, I could still hear a ton of people talking, but it's super muffled. I only heard that sound for a split second. And I registered what I heard when I was in the middle of my kitchen. I turned back around and tried to listen for any sound, and I couldn't hear anything. I walked around my house. I went outside to see if my neighbors were having a party. Not a single sound. What did I just witness? Because I am convinced that I walked through a portal for a split second. So that's the end of that story. Um, quick one, but also an amazing one. And it goes back to this whole thing with doors and the way they may gather or collect or just the, the way energy may interact with them. And it does sound like it was just a really brief paranormal experience, experience there. This person had with this doorway, maybe just that it was only going to happen at that one moment. Maybe it'll never happen there again. And they just somehow 
got the 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 uh, the energy, the vibrations from a party that might have been going on there in a different time or place. Um, and but they only the writer only experienced that for that split second. They were right where they needed to be to intersect with that that strange kind of energy or portal or vibration or whatever. That's really what it sounds like, especially if they've never had before or since anything else happened. And especially if nothing else ever happened in that house. Um, so I find that one really amazing because that just seems like it's so random and it's a one-time thing. And uh, so, yeah, I, I love that story. I, I, I wonder how often that happens when people just write it off um, in places and uh, then they just don't even think about it. They think they must have been imagining things or, or um, there's just some strange acoustics in the building. And even when there's no one else in the building or nearby. So I don't know, but I thought that was a really neat story there to, to share um, tonight to start off with the show with. So, all right. Um, but anyway, I'll get on to the next story here. This one says, yeah, these first two are shorter. This first one says, a few years back in Boy Scouts, we were staying at a cabin at a weekend camping trip. Everyone was asleep, but I woke up in the middle of the night. I looked over to the middle area in the middle of the cabin where the dining tables were located. Near the top of the ceiling, in one focused area, there were four or five glowing balls of different colored lights. Each one was probably only as big as a ping pong ball. They ranged in color from white, purple, orange, and blue. They danced around each other, but didn't leave that concentra concentrated huddle they were in. I rubbed my eyes. I waited to see if my eyes were playing tricks on me. They were still there. Normally I am very easily spooked, but I was incredibly calm and fascinated. This continued for the next few minutes until I suddenly felt tired again and was comfortable enough to go back to sleep. It has never happened to me again. I'm still curious as to what these were. Curious to see if this has happened to anyone else or what that means. And um, so that's the end of that second story there. Uh, that's an amazing experience to have there. I wonder if those were some kind of nature beings or if they were in the middle of the woods, possible then. Um, I'm glad that basically the writer wasn't frightened by it. I really wonder what everyone else would have seen if they would have been awake, or if anyone else would have, been, would have seen anything if they'd been awake. Um, how bright the, the lights were, all those kinds of little details. But, um, yeah, just a, a neat story there. And it sounds like, hopefully, it sounds it seems like that there was just uh, something going on there, and the, the writer woke up to it, but didn't bother them, and... and uh, they didn't bother each other, so that's good. But it's just an amazing sighting there, and I, I, I do always wonder. I think when people, we, when we see these lights, they can be so many things. It's, it's always hard to tell. 
So who knows what he was seeing, but he was obviously seeing something. Uh, or they were, I should say. So uh, let's see here. Moving on to the third story here. Let's see here. Let me find it. Okay. This one says, before you try to rationalize this, you have to know, before it happened to me, I was a hardcore atheist. No paranormal BS. Everything could be explained by science. And if not, it's because our tools aren't sophisticated yet. I would be also rationalizing it and trying to explain it if it hadn't happened to me. It was such a simple thing that was so factual that there's no way I imagined it. I'm also not changing any details because I was so shocked by this that I kept replaying the event in my head over and over, telling people every single detail every single time to not forget the way it happened. Anyway, almost 10 years ago, when I was a teenager, living with my dad, stepmom, and stepsister, I woke up on a Saturday morning. My stepmom and stepsister were gone every Saturday for my stepsister's cheerleading practice. My dad was making a traditional breakfast soup from my country of origin and woke me up to eat it. On the way from my room, I passed by the kitchen to grab an individual placemat made of plastic. I carried it with my hand vertically and put it on the table, placed my elbows on top of it. I glanced at it for a second to make sure my pajamas wouldn't get dirty in case it was, <coughs> excuse me, unwashed or stained. Uh, let me see, I lost my spot. Uh, uh, oh, stained from last night's dinner. Okay, there we go. Sorry about that. It says it was clean. I put my elbows on top and started scrolling on my phone. After a few minutes, my dad came with the soup, walking slowly, holding it with both hands as he tends to fill the bowl all the way up. At that moment, he placed the soup down on top of the placemat. I took my elbows out of the way and saw a line of salt next to the bowl. It wasn't scattered, but clearly defined, like someone had cut a bag of salt's corner and made a line with precision. It was a centimeter wide, centimeter wide, and about 10 centimeters long. I looked at my dad and said, what is this? He said, I don't know. Did you put salt there? I said no, and pointed out the fact that there was no salt shaker on the table. He went to grab a new placemat as I just sat there, wide-eyed, wondering how did that happen, or how did that appear there. I asked him if he had maybe salt stuck to his hand while cooking. He said no, his hands and the bowl were clean. Also, the line of salt was about five centimeters away from the bowl, and there was no scattered salt 
between the bowl and the line of salt. My dad told me to get over it and eat, and I was wondering, but how? Random salt appearing out of nowhere? I brought it up several times to him, and he just said to stop thinking about it. Obviously, I haven't. Ever since then, I don't consider myself an atheist, but more of an agnostic. I don't know the meaning of it, or if I will ever find an explanation. I read another post about salt appearing randomly, and decided to post after so many years. And that's where the story ends. <clears throat> and the odd thing is, I've never seen a story about that either. This is the first time I've heard of that happening. But um, but this is quite the experience. If, if that's, It just seems like it wasn't there, and then it was. I've heard of things appearing, vanishing and appearing, but I've never heard of just salt appearing. Um... Also, I know that salt is used in different, um, in different ways uh, for protection and different things. Um, so I'm wondering if there was a, if that was a significance there or not um, for it just to appear on a placemat. Uh, seems like if it was, if there was nothing else there, um, then it would have it would have fallen off of the placemat as the the, the kid was carrying it. If it had been there already, which means if it had hadn't been there, then it just did just appear as they said, and then in a line like that, um, they seem to explain it pretty well that it it they didn't think it came from the bull or from their father, and the father hadn't had anything on him as far as we can tell here from the story, um, so I don't know what to make of that. That really is an odd experience there. Yeah, so strange about the salt. Yeah, I agree, Jen. I do. Um, so, and, and I've just never heard of that appearing. But it says that there in the website that I found this on, there is one other story about it. Well, apparently I haven't found it yet. But that's that's also odd in a way as well. So, um, I don't know what to make of that. But uh, amazing story there. And just the middle of the morning, it sounds like. And nothing else going on. No other, nothing frightening, nothing that you would be using salt to to defend against or to defend with. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, so I don't know about that one. Just there's too many questions there. Even more so than usual. So, um, but I have two more stories here left to, to share today. So I will get to this next one here. And we'll see how much time we have left after that. This one says... Uh, let me see here. There it is. It says, My grandfather died when I was around five. I have fond memories of him, but not much else. I've had dreams of dead people before, but never him. I've had dreams of my uncle who passed away as well. He had died before my grandfather. And it was always incredibly realistic. He was growing out his hair, I'm guessing they mean the grandfather, which he had done and loved to do before. 
and told me he was sorry for leaving me and my, my mom on our own. He told me to tell my mom hi, but I can only tell her part of the dream. Out of fear, she would break down and cry. The point is, I have psychic dreams, and this was the first and only time I've ever seen him since his death. Very strange. I wish this was a joke or a regular dream, but I can't explain it away easily. So, um, sounds like there was a lot going on in life before before this person's grandfather passed, and they came back to talk to them, and, um, and, um, sounds like they had a message, and they got to, through to this person, who then said what they could to their mother about it, so... And those visitation dreams, I do believe they're real. I've had them with my grandmother and, and both of my grand, grandfathers at least once. And, uh, yeah, I definitely believe they're a thing that can happen. Um, not to say that it happens all the time with everybody, but I think in some ways, in some cases, it does happen. Of course, it's hard to say how or why, but I definitely um, have had that experience before. So. Just thought I'd share that one tonight, and uh, and those can a lot of times they're they're decent dreams, and other times if there was a more, let's say, complicated relationship, there can they can be, um, they can be complicated themselves. I'm I'm sure those dreams. So, but still amazing, just in the fact that you're having that kind of contact uh, with someone else that has physically passed. So. Um, looks like we have time for this last story here, which I'm really glad, because I found this tonight, and I could not believe it. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you all think. This is apparently from uh, some sort of paranormal investigation team uh, leader. This one says, My team was contacted by a writer who claimed to be experiencing a haunting from one of his lead characters. The haunting was witnessed by multiple people, including his wife, children, four neighbors, and his mailman. The main haunting was centered around the writer, who we felt had put himself in character too much. This is a fairly common occurrence when someone is constantly working on or developing a character, be it an actor, writer, or a person who overly identifies with a fictional character. What was strange was that first the family, then friends and neighbors, and finally the postman met the character. The writer began having the experiences experience of the character. Excuse me for a moment here. Gotta clear my throat one real quick. Let me get some water. <laughs> okay, I'll try this again here. Now I gotta see if I can find my place again. Um, but anyway, uh, let's see here. So the let me see. The writer began having the experience of the character. 
Uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, the writer began having the experience of the character, which we will call Don, D-O-N, actually talking to him and helping him with the book. And I guess they mean they're the writer. He said that Don provided information such as looks, traits, and how he would respond in a given situation. All of that can be easily explained by the writer getting too much into the character and losing his personal perspective, personal perspective. Where it got strange was when the writer's wife and children began to experience Don in real-life situations. The wife met Don at the grocery store when he ap- approached her and began flirting, it says. She met him again in a coffee shop, and he bought her coffee. She told her husband about this, and of course, he asked the normal questions. How old is he? What does he look like? And more along the same line. Upon hearing her answers, he took her to his computer and showed her the same information about Don as she had just revealed. The children were the next to meet Don. It happened at the park, and Don purchased ice cream for several of the children there. We were able to verify this through the kids and two parents who were present and gave permission for him to pay for their kids' ice cream as well. One of the parents had an extended conversation with him about current events. The neighbors asked the writer how long Don would be visiting out of the blue. Evidently, Don had met them out in their yard and accepted when they invited him over for coffee. He had introduced himself as an old friend of the writers from college. While having coffee, he had even shared anecdotes from their college days, including what a player the writer was, okay, and what a nice car that he had. The information turned out to be accurate and was somewhat embarrassing to the writer. Finally, the mailman mentioned to the writer's wife that Don had offered him a cold bottle of water the previous day when he delivered their mail. With all of this adding up, the writer called us to investigate. As stated, we were able to verify all of this through first-person interviews. We conducted a complete investigation in, uh, in the house with no results. We per- performed a second investigation in the home with the writer present and did get some rather strange results. We all heard Don call the writer from the computer room while we were all in the living room. We got anomalous readings on the thermometer, or melmeter, I guess EMF reader, or meter, electromagnetic uh, field fluctuations, as well as fluctuations in temperature. At one point, we all smelled clove cigarettes, which Don smoked in the book. Nothing was conclusive, though, as to what exactly the phenomenon was that we were dealing with. It continued for seven months after we were notified, during which time, we conducted three more investigations 
and interviewed everyone who reportedly had an experience with Don. All phenomenon came to an end, abrupt end, when the writer, out of sheer desperation, killed off Don in the book. There have been no more experiences or signs of Don since. That's the end of that story. Now, that may sound possibly made up, except that it's not the first time I've heard in popular culture of writers having experiences with their own characters. Although I will say that is probably the most extreme case of that I have ever heard. But also, not totally impossible either. Um, I can verify that sometimes in when you are writing, when you are making a story and you have characters in your mind, especially when you work with them for years, um, you can... Oh, it's hard to explain. You can hear them in your head when you're working on the story, sort of saying, I would do this. Um, I wouldn't do that. That kind of deal. Um, I've had that before. Uh, I have this science fiction series I've been working on since I was a kid. So, for over 25 years, on and off. And um, rewriting it different ways. But there's this core group of characters that have always been there in the whole series, in all the different versions. And I think because of that, yeah, at this point, I could definitely hear certain certain characters from that, especially some of those main characters, um, responding and saying, I would do this. Um, or just acting in the story just instantly based on what's happening in the story and just having it totally surprise me. Um, I don't know how to explain any of that, but this experience just sounds like an extreme version of that. And of course, this gets into the idea of thought forms and consciousness and tulpas. These, um, the, the ability for people to create other entities just out of their thoughts that are energy in a way that can then gain sentience somehow and start doing things on their own. Now, what I want to know, and the other thing about this story is what I want to know is where is this figure getting money to pay for these different things? Where is it getting a bottle of water? Is it that powerful where I can do these things? I really, that's the, because everything else, sightings, people can see things and have it be something that's not physically there. Um, and hear things that are maybe not physically there. But when you have this physical interaction where money is supposedly being paid to places, and objects are being handled and moved around by this being. Um, that's a whole other level. And then at the very end of that that story, there it says that the writer killed off that character. So now, did he really do that? If so, that's 
quite a power to have. But also, if not, then where is this figure now? That is a, another question I have about that. So, I don't know. Um, that whole story is just really amazing to me. Uh, and that's why I saved it for last. Because I that's just... That's probably the most extreme case of that I've ever heard. So, but um, that's it for tonight. Thank you all for listening. And I'll be back tomorrow with uh, to cover paranormal news on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care, everyone.